Good morning. Actually, I usually don't start it off with good morning. I just say, hey, it's rain, but it's morning here right now, and I'm feeling the morning because it's a Monday. I'm recording this in advance, and uh, I, have, I have animals everywhere today, but I also have AJ with me, and I'm very excited about this because you know I started this podcast to talk about trauma, but not to dwell in trauma to talk about the fact that we experience all kinds of crazy trauma, a lot of us do. Some go through life vanilla. Um, but when I heard AJ's story, I was just like, oh my gosh. Not, and that's the thing that's amazing to me in a, in a lot of ways. People talk about their traumas like in a competitive way. Oh, well, I had this happen to me, right? But when you hear stories, that are when you've been through traumatic things and then you hear stories that are like oh my god it's it's it stops you in your tracks especially when they come from someone like you who has basically turned their life into this beautiful orchestration from everything that you've went everything you've gone through so i know that i talked a lot before i even really introduced aj but she has been through some stuff and um, we're flying by the seat of our pants, so why don't you just go ahead and chime in, AJ? <laughs> that gave me chills. It's really crazy when you hear other people share um, versions of your story or your experiences in the light that you did, so thank you. Um, my name is Amber Lynn Rasmussen, I go by AJ, and I'm a co-owner and operator of a mind body spirit shop mostly a heart healing center i also am the host of soul wanderings which is a radio show on kgra that we hang out with people and hear about their journey stories people who have gone through you know regular life experiences and some not so regular and what they're doing with their life now based on what they've been through so it's similar. Yeah. Very but it's similar. different. It is different. We we don't have specific topics per se. We have guests who come on and had like an NDE or a paranormal experience or a spiritual awakening or even just I've had housewives on who are just battling some depression or whatever that looks like. We all have a story to share. And the guests that I've had on my show not only have had those experiences, they've, they live in triumph and, and inspiration now because of what they've gone through. And I think that that is so important in the work that you and I do just in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't go out there and beat a drum. Some people go out there and beat a drum. Right. I believe in living like living proof that you can overcome things yes. and you don't need to prove to anybody that this is how you do it because everybody has their own journey their own perspectives exactly. their own weaknesses their own strengths and they need to come into those realizations right it's a growth it's right. a growth process definitely you you don't just happen into healing I believe it it crosses your path when you've gone through something that needs that light of healing does that make sense yes so we don't know how to heal it comes to us when the time is appropriate I had somebody message me that said I, I read something about you having a podcast for trauma and this person is going through things and I had just said you know why don't you listen it might you know, enlighten you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the point. I have been through something that's vastly different than what you've gone through, right? But we've come to this place of, I would have to say, like a centered groundedness. And I, that's not every day. You're, we're not perfect every day right, and feeling right. wonderful every day. And that's the thing <laughs> that I think, <laughs> well, I don't know, would, would we really want that? I, I like feeling that way. Well, yes. Yeah. Every day I want to feel good. Yes. But don't you think when we have those 
times of anxiety and trepidation, it makes us appreciate. Oh, on that end of the spectrum, most definitely. I know I wouldn't have appreciation for so many things in my life now had I not gone through what I've gone through then. Right. I mean, that sounds so cliche every time no. I say it, but it's so accurate in my world and so many others that I've worked with. And one, one thing that I do want to say is when we, when, when you get to this point where you really see it, you'll still have times where you're in the middle of it and you don't want to be in the middle of it where mm -hmm. something comes to you or through you or at you and you're like, I do not want this to be happening. Right. But you have a different kind of understanding mm -hmm. that you are going to come out the other side. Well, that's what triggers do. I think they're reminders of what we've been through and what we're able to overcome. And once you've gone through something traumatic or challenging or whatever that looks like for you, I feel like we will continuously get those little reminders to bring more awareness. So maybe we had forgotten a skill or forgotten a emotion or forgotten something that needs some more light shed on it, if you will. Like, hey, you still have this going on in the background. Let's have a look at that. Right. I, I, I totally see that. I want to ask you a question that I think goes through a lot of people's minds when they're in the thick of it and they're, they're in that comparison mode and they're looking at people and thinking, well, this person is like, they're, they have this judgment. Oh, that person's a really crappy person, but they have everything in life and they have, you know, nothing ever happens to them. And, you know, why is that? Right? I've heard people saying and acting that way, yes. And what do you think of that? Well, first, comparison is a horrible place to be for anybody right. on any level, no matter what the circumstance is. Everybody goes through something. It just looks different for each one of us. So something that was traumatic to me may not have been traumatic to somebody else and vice versa. So our stories are meant to be different. They're different for a reason because they're our story. They're our journey. This is our personal um, freeway. Like, this is our lane. No one is meant to come over into it and have any comparison or judgment towards it whatsoever. That's definitely a human trait. And it does happen. We're all guilty of it. But it's being aware that it's happening. And if it's happening to you, not taking it personally because we know it has nothing to do with us. And if we're the one comparing ourselves to others, that's something we really ought to look at because it's a message to me. It, what, what are, what's going on inside of me or inside of my life that I need to look at? And I'm glad that you said that because that's part of what I wanted to open with, with your stories. Because a lot of people will look at other people's stories and, you know, they, they have this feeling of sensationalism, right? Oh my gosh, there's all this trauma and it, and it, mm. it, 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 I don't know, it like ignites some weird spot in their, in their soul. Or people that are, that don't understand shadow work and there's something that you say that sparks and tintillates that in, in it and it like, and people feed off those kinds of things and there are, there are those out there that um, that feed on people that are of a kinder, gentler nature, mm -hmm. right? And so before we get into your story, there are many people that say, oh, I'm an empath. And so therefore, I bring this to myself or I feel this and so they instead of standing in their power right they give all that power away mm -hmm. and there is a difference between owning somebody's garbage that does something to you right because I've also heard that where someone says well that's your fault you invited that in you were at a wrong vibration and I'm sorry. I don't believe that at right. all. Right. And, and so, but there's a part of the, peop, the 
part of we who I would consider kind human beings that actually genu genuinely want to show kindness in the world, um, people think that that's weakness or they think that that's stupidity. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, that's why that happened to you because you are kind and you are weak and you allowed yourself to have some monster come into your life. That's your fault. If you were a hard ass and you were a mean biatch, nothing like that would have ever happened to you. So that's what, you know, the perpetrators and the Stoics um, would, would say, that you're not handling yourself the right way. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that either. I don't either. So changing the kind soul that you are in this world, I think those experiences <clears throat> can turn a person into those things. But you and I, it didn't happen that way too. We didn't become, we might may have been victims for a time, right? Mm -hmm. And you move out of that space and you may come become stoic for a time and you move out of that space. That's why it's a journey. But I've never become a perpetrator. I've gotten mad and told somebody how I feel, but that's a different, that's, that's like taking your power back and saying, I'm not going to put up with this. This is your garbage and you get to have it and I am not owning your garbage anymore, mm -hmm. right? So, so here's this kind, lovely, wonderful, strong woman sitting in front of me that has had some hellacious things happen. So you told me your story and I would like you to, if you would, share those really traumatic experiences that pushed you over the edge and then you and also brought you back into you? Well, first of all, I haven't always been the person I am now. There was a time where I was at the complete opposite of the spectrum, where I was bitchy, where I was angry, where I wasn't a nice person because I didn't know what I was feeling. And I didn't know what I was going through um, had a happy ending. I, I definitely played a victim for a long time because I didn't know any different. I knew that bad things happened to me and I didn't know what to do with that. So I buried it and buried it. And the more I buried it and didn't talk about it, um, disease happened, resentment happened, trust issues happened. All of these things happened. I lived in fear for a really long time. And it wasn't until I understood the gifts that I had weren't part of my crazy. They were actually gifts. That I was able to transmute all of that anger and pain into a much different place of light and love. We'll say that for a lack of better word right now. But ever since I, let's, let's just do a really quick, because there has been a lot of trauma in my life. I obviously signed up to have all of this trauma in the first part of my life to get it over with. It's been told to me, you know, through meditations, through downloads, you got all of this out of your way. You're not going to have any more of these type of traumatic experiences again. So from the time I was three years old until 35 years old, I lived quite a life. A lot of people maybe have one or two of these traumas happen in their whole entire lifetime. I was fortunate enough to have them all. Um, so three, you know, I've been, let's just sum it up in, I've been, um, sexually, mentally, emotionally, and physically abused, um, from three years old until 35 on and off, not consistently. I've had situations in my life, um, that were, you know, we all, I feel like everybody I've talked to has had some kind of sexual trauma in their life. Um, that looks and is different for every single person I've talked to. Absolutely. Um, some of it is very traumatic, and some of it is what I would consider more uncomfortable experimentation. You just never know what level of trauma someone is experiencing once again. You just don't know. For me, I consider um, what I went through traumatic as in the the definite term of trauma. I'm, I am sexual abuse at a very young age of three years old. 
going up into my teens. When I was 19 years old, I had a home invasion where my door was literally kicked in and I was beaten for what they say looked to be over three, four hours. I was stabbed twice and left for dead. The guy literally thought I was dead. I was in a basement apartment and somebody in the apartment complex found me on the ground level sidewalk. So I had crawled from my apartment up the stairs to the ground level. I don't have any recollection of any of this whatsoever. Wow. Uh, I woke up in a hospital weeks later. They had put me in a medical induced coma because of so much inflammation and swelling on my brain and in my body. And at first I had, I had no memory of what happened. It came back to me in bits and pieces. And instead of dealing with it, I turned to alcohol. Alcohol was what numbed me from the night terrors, from the pain, from everything that I had experienced. So for a couple of years, that's what I did. I numbed my pain. And in doing so, that's when I feel like an invitation had because I had no ownership over me or my body in that moment. I lost my way. Um, just a whole life of having such really shitty experiences. I, I didn't have a purpose. I didn't know what life was about. I, I just, I was numb. I was just there. I was just existing. And by the grace of my creator, I was given the opportunity to be a mother, which changed my whole entire life. So I have a quick question. Okay. How long did you, quote, quote, use alcohol to, to numb the It was a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was So 19. people understand time. Yeah. I mean, I was lost. I was dark. And um, I got attention very easily. My looks were a thing. I understood that from a very young age that I could get what I wanted by batting my eyelashes. I was a very cute young girl and I was able to um, get the attention even if I didn't want it just because I wanted something I didn't know what I wanted it was that kind of numb where you're just seeking for something but you don't know what it is you just want to feel better right. but you don't know what that looks like I think everyone's gone through that I don't know one person hasn't gone through that on some level I, it doesn't have to look like this that's just what it looked like for me. I want I want to bring up something that I think is a little bit interesting because mine was the opposite. I did I knew that I was pretty, but I didn't. So I never so I, I did the opposite of what you did. I actually um, went away from my looks. I did everything oh, I, I do could that too. to this I became just... a workaholic. And, and like yeah. covered up my looks. I like wore men's clothes, I, you know, and I've always been very heterosexual, you know. So I did all of that also later. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah. When I say I, I did all kinds of things, okay. I really did. So this was just such a young time, and that's just what I understood. When I became a mother, I always called my son my blessing in disguise. There was no way I was supposed to have kids. When I was stabbed during that attack, the doctor clearly said, your organs are damaged. There's no way that you'll be able to have children. Not only that, I have been going through other health problems like um, endometriosis and PCOS and all the other things that cause issues for you to be able to get pregnant. So, um, and protection on top of it all. So there was no way whatsoever I should have been able to have this miracle, and I did. Um, he's my one and only. But from that point, obviously I cleaned up my act. I knew what I was being given. And I knew that I had a chance to um, have a purpose and do something with my life, even if it wasn't for me, because at then it at that point it wasn't it was for him right and it was that way his whole entire childhood and it still is that way but he's an adult now and he's flown the coop 
But through those, through those times, I had to really learn who I was. Um, and the trauma didn't stop. Unfortunately, my example of what relationships and men look like in my life wasn't a very good example. And I always had... Do we need to pause it? No, it's okay. okay. I always had men um, show up in the most wonderful, loving ways, wanting to take care of me and you know, nurture me and things like that. That terrified me, and I always ran from that. Um, I was always because attracted. of control. I'm not sure what it was. I I I don't. I'm not one to go back into my past and analyze things. Right. Gotcha. If they show up, I'll look at them. But mm -hmm. I'm not gonna like open the closet and let all the boxes fall out. That's not my personality. And I think that that's great because I maybe and maybe that's why we get along so well because I don't do like regression therapy. No, I, I don't. don't need to dig into those things. If, some, if something is triggered, I'll ask myself questions and deal with it. Right, exactly. And I, I feel like if something does need to be looked at, it will come into my awareness because that's the nature of energy. That's the way it's meant to be, in my opinion. Um, anyways, I've been married a couple of times my first marriage, I just, what a wonderful man. Um, not traumatic, very loving, very generous, very giving. I just didn't know what to do with that. I, 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 I was, it was too much for me. It, it overwhelmed me. I didn't know how to talk. No communication. Um, it, it was really, really challenging for me. Plus, he had some things going on that triggered events from my past, addictions and, and whatnot. And I didn't want that in my life. I was running away from that because I didn't, I knew I experimented with all that. That's not what I wanted. I jumped right out of that marriage into a marriage with a very controlling, manipulative, narcissistic man who for the time we were together, literally destroyed me and my life. And that marriage was very abusive in every way, shape, or form. Lots of gaslighting, lots of controlling, lots of lying, lots of manipulation, you name it, it was happening. And in that time, I knew that there was something different about me. That's when I started stepping. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. During my first marriage into the second marriage, I knew I was different. I knew things about me were not like everyone else. I was observing a lot of people and their behaviors, and I was becoming more awake and more aware, if you will, of the abilities that were inside of me. Well, inside of everyone, but for me, this is my journey. I just was aware that um, there, there was something more to life than this and just being a mom because like I said, he was my saving grace. So that's all I focused on. I worked two and three jobs at a time. I raised my son. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, lots of, you know, meaningless friendships and relationships, but mostly just hanging out with my son. So when I stepped into this marriage, I was in the beginning of um, learning more about myself just through my behaviors but also something inside of me was waking up quick question okay did you have like sudden people may roll their eyes but like sudden psychic abilities like you just yes. knew yes that this was happening and this was happening and was clear and you had clear pictures mm -hmm. yeah that's fascinating through the hardest most traumatic part of my life now you you would think that getting um, beaten almost to death or um, you know raped it when I was 14 or whatever that looked like being the most traumatic part of my life but it wasn't this marriage destroyed me and in the process I was also like 
um, oh, I don't even know how to put it into words. I was becoming something I had never become before. I was coming into who I have always meant to be right. and who I am now. But just, I'm getting chills because I completely understand. Yeah. He definitely was someone who was meant to show up in my life to remind me of the magnificence and power and love that I have inside of me that's always been there. I just had to find it. I just had to figure it out on my own. He was the amazing darkness that I needed for my light to shine. And every time I say stuff like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so corny. <laughs> no, no. I, but that's yeah. the only way that I can explain it. So yeah. through this marriage, I was, um, I was brainwashed and gaslighted. And the, the parts inside of me, the knowing, I knew that there was something going on. But at the same time, I felt like I was going crazy. Mm -hmm. the, there's this thing when you are an empath and you connect with the narcissist and that gaslighting that goes on and the lies and control, you have... Um, you have this proof because you're constantly fighting to prove yourself right and not crazy because you're being told you're crazy that you really get dive deep and analyze like did I create this am I really crazy is this really happening and so you're in this place where you're just going deeper. You're digging deeper into yourself and what's your truth. And it's the craziest thing because the environment is so toxic and draining. But yet you feel so alive. Like, I am going to get my way out of this. And I am loving the version I'm yet to become already so I want to interrupt for just a second okay. because there was something in there that I think is so important for people to understand and that is the word your the words your truth mm -hmm. because through that kind of trauma mm -hmm. and that mental dealing with yourself mentally and digging and digging you stop lying to yourself you yes. start seeing the lies yes. right you start seeing their lies and you start seeing the lies you're telling yourself. Yes. And when you start telling yourself the truth, then, because pe people say all the time, I want to learn to love myself. But, but that's just like, that's another cliche. H how do you love yourself? Well, it's when all, all loving relationships are based on trust, yeah. right? If you cannot trust yourself, how can you love yourself? So if you are in this state and people that go through trauma, they're in this state of not trusting themselves, especially empaths, right? And so when you start learning and finding that trust, you are learning and teaching yourself to love yourself. I just want your thoughts on that. Don't you think? I, that, no, yeah. I agree with that on a in a lot of ways. Absolutely. On that level, I I didn't love myself then. There's no way I could have loved myself then. I was definitely learning about myself. The loving didn't come until much later. And recently, even at that. So this experience happened uh, nine years ago. And, um, you know, just to sum up this experience, it was a few years of complete and total hell. I do not even know how else to explain it. Um... I knew if I didn't have my son, I probably would have killed myself. It's the only way I saw myself getting out of the situation because psychologically I was feeling like I was going crazy and I, I couldn't get away from this man. No matter what I did, he was one step ahead of me. And it wasn't until the big day that my whole entire life changed and I stand in so much gratitude and in and appreciation for this day and people ask me how I share my story and I don't cry anymore and how do I share my story and find gratitude in it all but I'm telling you it was everything to me there was a day where I caught on to some 
um, untruths. He was a con artist. He was not only um, manipulating me and controlling me. He was doing some very shady business deals. And bills weren't being paid. My car was being taken away. And I'm giving him money. Like, things are happening. They look good on, on this side. But on, on his side, things were crumbling and falling apart. He was People were catching on. I was catching on. And the more questions I asked, the more angry he became. And one day I just asked one too many questions and he, and he lost it. He physically took it out on me. Um, and I've never fought for my life as hard as I did that day. Um, you know, we could go into details of the physical damage that was done to me, the physical damage that was done to my home. I feel like a miracle that I'm even walking, that I'm even living. However, in one point of this whole experience, I wasn't living. I, I wasn't conscious or whatever that looks like to anyone else, but I had a near-death experience. Um, on my living room floor, he had choked me for however many a time that day. I mean, we're talking like a whole day of, of being beat down. And I, I went away. I remember um, lights out for a very brief moment, but then everything was very, very bright, bright white. And from there, I had this experience. I don't know if you want to go into that or not, but I'll stop it right there. Say, when, say what comes to you. Say what feels right, because that's what this is about. Well... Um, a lot of it is very personal and sacred to me, and okay. I haven't shared a lot of it, but I will say this. Um, through the time that I was gone, I'm not sure what that looked like, but I'm assuming less than five minutes here on our earthly realm. Um, I was gone much longer. I feel like I spent a day or days, even maybe two days, not here. But I was taken on an experience and was introduced to several people, including being reunited with loved ones who had passed. Um, some I did not even know. One I did know. Most of them I didn't know. They were like great-grandparents and cousins, like people I did not know here. Um, but I had a guide with me who is still very much with me now. And I was told, I wasn't, one of those people that I've heard about after, after I had this experience, I went down a rabbit hole of like what happened to me. And, and I've heard how people, do you want to go back or do you want to stay? That never happened to me. I was told I was going back and that I would make it through this. And there's a reason why. And I was told the reason why. And that has led me to what I'm doing today, which is a whole other story. So, um, I came back. And when I came back, I was having a bucket of water poured onto me and being kicked in the sides, in my ribs, Ugh. telling me I was a faker and a wake up. And I had so much blood on my face that it was over my eyeballs. So when the water's being poured on me, everything I saw around me was like this opaque red. Oh my God. And I will never forget it. I, I rolled over to my side and started coughing up and spitting out the water because I was drowning, if you will, over buckets of water and, and crawled onto my side and did everything I could to push myself up. And while I'm sitting there, um, half on my side, half on my hip and butt area, I just looked up to him and I said, please stop. And I remember just bawling with what left, what energy I had left. And, and this is something I was told in my experience to bring up love and I will be set free. And so I, I just didn't understand what I went through, but didn't have any other, what else was I going to do? So I did what they said. 
And the way that I put it was, if you love me, you'll leave. Just go. And he stopped. He went blank stared. Um, I even think he teared up a little bit. He was just staring at me. And he walked away. He literally walked away. Wow. He went upstairs. He came downstairs after I don't know how long because I, I literally couldn't move. I was so exhausted. He kissed me on his forehead with the backpack in his hand. And he said, I love you. And he walked out the front door. And I literally have not seen him since. Um, there was a <sighs> series of events that happened after that. And obviously he was a man on the run. And it wasn't until 2020 that he got caught eight years later. So I know that what happened to me was very, very real. I know that I was saved. And I know why I was saved. And I know what my purpose is. And once you have that knowing, there is no way to unknow it. Right. It was just from that point, um, very messy for a little while. I, I didn't dare go to the police or to the hospital because I didn't want that attention. I wanted to heal on my own. I didn't want to have to explain why I was with a man that did this to right. me. I didn't want to, I was embarrassed. Right. I, I didn't want to look weak. I had been to the doctor, uh, I think it was like three or four days before, was having really intense sciatic pain. And they diagnosed me with one thing. Well, this incident happened on a Sunday or a Monday. I can't remember. I believe it was a Sunday. I got a call the next day. And they said, we found something else on your scan. What we diagnosed you with is true, but there's more. Can you come in? So I'm like, okay, I better go find out what it is. But mind you, I am black and blue and bloody all over. Right. Um, I had pieces of glass inside of my arm. He had oh. thrown me across the bathroom where I landed on the toilet and shattered it. Um, the glass shower door was shattered. Um, he basically threw me around in this little bathroom for a while. So I had pieces of glass all over in me, on my face. My eyes were almost swollen shut. My eyeballs were red. Um, anyway, I didn't look like I should be going anywhere. But I knew I had to. Um, I also felt like this will be how I tell them. This, this, they want me to come in. I know it's being, I, I'm being led to go to the doctor. So I walked in, and of course they were like, what the heck? The police were called. CSI was called. They came and took photos. They came and make reports. And then they told me I had uterine cancer. Oh, my God. So needless to say, for that whole year um, following, I withdrew from life but I didn't turn to alcohol or drugs or anything like that I went internal I locked myself in my house I got very afraid to go out in public I always made sure my windows and doors were locked because I didn't know if he was coming back of course I lived in fear for years and years in in regards to that total PTSD um, I went through the treatments I did all the things I healed my body and then, after I overcame the physical, I really worked on the depression because that was very real. And once I started coming out of this cloud of fog, it was probably like two years after, I started feeling brave and strong. I felt like a badass. Like, you <laughs> are still alive. Right. Like, you did the You things. are a badass. But it still took a couple of years for me to realize, like, you're not crazy. You have these abilities. And I started meeting people. How I integrated back into real life. Um, I worked at a coffee shop part-time. So I slowly would start talking to people. But I was very withdrawn still. Um, but I started talking to them. 
and you know they would be so nice to me and give me compliments and say nice things to me and I was just like what me like you think that about me because I had come from such a a very opposite right ex, you know atmosphere and experience mm-hmm. and I would have these premonitions and I would have these um, feelings of what's going to happen and they would happen and all of a sudden all these people started lining up in my world that were sharing with me what was going on with me I didn't seek them out they always came to me which I thought wow that's really cool how that happened but I trusted the process and meanwhile I'm deep diving into documentaries and books and trying to figure out what happened to me you know all those years after like what's going on Short of the long, um, I, I started creating art again because that was how I expressed my emotions. So I just would art journal. It made no sense to anyone else. I just knew that it made me feel better. So after work at the coffee shop, I'd have my art journal stuff and I'd sit there and paint with my fingers and doodle and whatever that looked like. And then people started coming and sitting with me and doing the same. And then I started teaching classes on how to heal through creating, which ended up leading me to opening up an art healing studio, which then had me introduced to people, um, to the spiritual world, which then everything started making sense. All the dots started connecting. And then here I am now in the life that I live, which is so awesome. But, um, that day, that day had to happen for me to wake up. And it was painful, but the the physical pain healed. The emotional pain is healing. And I really feel like, yeah, my life has been shit in a lot of ways. But I also look back at it and say, wow, but who would I be without it? It's really amazing. I have learned to love myself. I have learned to accept myself. I have learned to speak my truth. I have learned to talk about what's happened to me and not bury it. I've learned that people, places, and things are just that. They are not me. They are not who I am. They are either tools or more experiences or whatever that looks like. But I don't have to own any of it. And... I don't live in fear like I used to. And some people say, but you still live in fear. You still feel that way. Yeah, of course I do. There are moments that I will hear a noise or smell a smell or double check my front door a few times. But to think of where I was compared to where I am now is a much different place. And the knowing that I have that I am not alone and there is a reason to my purpose here on earth changes the vibration of everything I do anymore. Where before I had no purpose. Just, I'm going to be a mom. That that was my purpose. And it is a beautiful purpose. Right. I get that. I'm thankful for that experience. Like, my son saved my life. Not just the day that I knew he was coming into this world. But every single day since. I don't think I would have fought for my life the way I did. I don't think I would have made a lot of the decisions I made if it weren't for him. And, you know, you just look back over everything that you've gone through. And if you can't look back at it in gratitude, I just think it's a really sad existence to think you're here for nothing. I find so much gratitude in having every single one of those traumatic experiences because I wouldn't be helping people now. I probably wouldn't care about people much. I probably would have a really empty and lonely life had I not come to the realization that we are all here assisting each other home and even believing there was a home. I didn't even believe in God before that experience or a creator, or anything. And my whole world is different now because of that experience. And I can understand how that would be. Because it's miraculous. 
I mean, really. I agree. So many things that happen when a person goes through trauma, you see the miracle in things, and then you start seeing all the little miracles within. It, it right. creates an awareness that I don't think you would have otherwise. Life is very different now. Yeah. Today, I would have never... If I pictured myself 10 years ago saying you're going to be happy one day, you're going to have everything you ever dreamed of one day, you're going to be helping people one day, there's no way I would have thought this was possible. I thought, I'm just here, let's just get this life over with and go wherever we go after this. That, right, that, what you just said is really important because I know that part of the process most people go through that. They go through a period of time where it's just like, I need to be a spiritual be being, and to be a spiritual being, I need to not have this body anymore. Exactly. But that's not the truth. No. In fact, we need our bodies and every human experience we have more than anything in order to become that spiritual being. It's so important that we're here having these lessons and these experiences. You know, I don't know everything. Nobody does. I don't know what happens after this. I know because I've had the experience that there's more. I know that where I'm going doesn't hurt. It's not painful. I know it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. I know that this time we have here literally is a blink of an eye and I don't take it for granted anymore and I do everything I can to do and be mindful in my experiences every single day I wake up with a thankful heart every single night I, I list many things before I go to sleep in my mind and my heart that I'm thankful for because I feel like when I do, everything continues to happen for me. And it's, it's amazing when I'm in the place of gratitude and love, the people, places, and experiences I have are like exhilarating. Even just sitting, having my tea in the morning and doing nothing, like how cool is that? Right. I, I'd, I'll sit cross-legged in bed with my coffee and I'm just happy. Yeah, I don't have to read. I don't watch TV. I don't have to sing. I can just be. And it's, it's really neat to be that comfortable with myself that I have the opportunity to just be still and know that everything is in divine timing and working out for me perfectly. I'd like to ask you a question um, before, because we're, we've got about 12 minutes left. Um, I want to talk a little bit about fear, because you, you see these things, these comments, oh, you know, no fear. Well, it's impossible to live without fear. Exactly. Fear gives us, um, it gives us the opportunity to pay attention Actually, to something that's going on and be aware. It's right? a tool but learning courage, facing fear, right? Immerse, to me, one of the things that I did is I did what I call immersion. A lot of people would tell me to run away or block that out or get that out of your way, and I would have a different way of approaching it where I would immerse myself and put it right in front of me so I had to deal with it. And people are like, that's stupid, <laughs> right? But it it almost kind of like made me bulletproof. Not that I'm bulletproof, but it made me so strong. And I kept watching. It was your show where I found out that I was that that I was really honestly being stalked, right? I mean, I'd known it because it had been happening on social media for so long, it's so and scary. there were things that I was screenshotting. But I didn't know until the confirmation of you seeing this person twice that, that I wasn't crazy, that this person was coming 800 miles to watch me. 
and that that can be unnerving to a person but i'm like i'm not going to walk around hiding walk around hiding you know in my own house like you said you were in your house but i'm not going to stop my life because of what another human being right. is trying to do to me so i know that you've gone through that fear place mm -hmm. But sharing that, it's important to have people in your life. Don't you believe that you can, that you trust, right? So they're aware and they also know to like watch out mm -hmm. for you. Talk a little bit about fear and trust because that's both of those things Ooh. together. Fear and trust, that's a big thing. So there are several moments I still live in fear. I wish I could just have it go away, but I also... I also look at it as a tool like hey why are you afraid what what about that experience scares you and I've also learned that on the other side of fear is freedom and love and joy and happiness and all of these amazing emotions and experiences so yes fear is very 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 real I have been debilitated by fear on more times than I can even count, but I choose to look at it as a tool. Like I will ask fear, literally ask the energy of fear. What are you trying to show me? Why am I afraid? And I will sit with that. And most times I find the answer. And sometimes it's really silly. Like, oh, that's why you're afraid. I will have these conversations with myself. It's called an empowering question. You started taking steps and asking yourself empowering questions. Yeah, the answers are always inside of you. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. We do not stop and ask ourselves those questions. We want everyone to answer them for us. Right. So we're always seeking answers outside of ourselves. When they're having their own experiences, this is ours. <laughs> So ask yourself, like, why? Why are you feeling the fear? And what does that look like? And how does that feel? And what would it look like and feel like if that fear was gone? And what would you prefer? Right. Yeah, what would you prefer? What was the other end of that question? Well, trusting. Oh, because, the trust. Because we do, like, like trusting you. Having people come into your life, right? Mm -hmm that you build friendships with mm -hmm. and ultimately gives you the opportunity to build a loving relationship with another person because that does require trust. Right. You know, trust is probably my biggest downfall, if you will, of other people. I trust myself and I trust that everything is happening for me. People have just been very challenging for me when it comes to trust. And I want to trust people. I always trust people from the get-go. But I also feel like because we're all each on our own journey and a lot of people aren't checking in with themselves the same, that they can't even trust themselves. So why would I trust them? Right. I, I agree. And um, this is, I don't put everyone under the same blanket. I give everyone the opportunity to, right pro up front. to prove who they are. Yes. And I hate to say it that way, but I it mean, becomes. For lack of better words, what can you say? It becomes apparent. It's an observation, not a judgment. Right. Um, but because the trust in issues or, or whatever that looks like in my world, instead of focusing on I don't trust people, I chose to trust everybody evenly across the board and then it gives me an opportunity to learn about people and make new friendships that become trustworthy and it also allows me to weed out the people who are not meant to be in my experience and it's really a practice it's really a trusting of myself and my own intuition more so than not trusting a person and that's the power of true a true empath is learning to trust oh, yourself I did want to touch on the empath stuff okay 
We, anyone, we, have, we have about who, six minutes. Anyone who claims to be an empath and you're using it as an excuse, stop. It's a gift. It's an ability. Um, if you're having a bad day because you're soaking up everyone's energy and you're saying, well, I'm just having a bad day because so-and-so feels this way, so-and-so feels that way, that is not your responsibility. Right. And I used to do that before I knew I was an empath. Be like, everyone is bothering me. Everyone's emotions are affecting me. <laughs> right. I can't go there. There's too many people. Now, instead, I understand the gift that being an empath is and what a beautiful gift it is. Mm -hmm. So just do your homework, do your research, have your experiences. Do your best to look at it as a gift, not a curse. Not you know, it can be both if you a blessing and a curse if you allow it. But it's such a beautiful blessing if you tune into that ability. No more no more victim. I feel everyone's everything. That's not that doesn't have to be a thing. Right. Yeah, it gets exhausting. I hear it every day. And it's not a judgment towards anybody. No? I just want to empower you. Like you don't know what an empath is or what your abilities are. Come meet with me. Let's talk about it. Because it's actually pretty freaking awesome. It's funny because I used to do that. I was always uncomfortable and it seemed like I was just always stressed, right? And and then everything switched. And my kids started saying, just because you're impervious, Iron Hole. And I kind of became impervious because it switches once you understand how powerful being an empath is. It's really neat. And so many of us are empathic. Can you imagine what place, what kind of world we would live in if we all tuned in to the vibration of the gift of being an empath instead of the curse that it could be? Right. And you have it, the ability to have compassion because yes. empathy allows that, right? So the world would be a much kinder place. And we hear too much about narcissism these days, mostly because it is... I, th I think social media is creating yes. narcissistic personality disorders. Absolutely. And people are just shopping people and throwing people away. And, and it just, they're just, it's becoming a discarded Disposable. society. Yeah. And I think that the more we embrace empathy and being an empath and the power that it is, the more that will have a butterfly effect and expand out in the world. I agree. Instead of just being a good human being yes. in general. Do the good things. Be a good person. It's it really so not that hard. <laughs> like that. It's not. It's it not. really is not. Right. I've been both, and I like this side much better. It's better. It feels good. It feels good to wake up every day feeling like you've made a positive impact just by living. Exactly. Just by your existence. You don't have to even do anything except be. Be you. Yeah. Be you. Be unapologetically, positively you. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I appreciate um, you sharing this time with me. And I feel, um, I don't know, kind of privileged because it's such an important story. And you're an amazing person. And I'm glad you're my friend. And I'm glad that your shop exists because it's lovely being able to teach classes in such a positive environment and I'm glad you're here so thank you I'm glad you're still here <laughs> thank you I'm glad I'm still here too boy I would have missed out on a lot yeah no kidding huh <laughs> fight for yourself fight for yourself it doesn't have to be a mean fight no. just fight in love yeah, for yourself you deserve it thank you so much thank you you have a everybody you guys have a wonderful day this is gonna make my day my whole day having this <laughs> conversation with AJ so go out into the world and be a good person. Yeah, spread some love. <laughs> Take care. Rain out. You can find Get On Board with Rain, previously Get On Board with Rain and Rachel, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Breaker and Anchor. There are several other platforms that will be added shortly. You can also find some more information on Instagram at getonboard333 or my personal Instagram, rainfinelove. You can also find other information on my business Facebook, which is Life Revealed, 
or I also make mention of my podcasts on my personal Facebook, which is Nick Finelove. Can't wait for you to listen and work towards getting over the trauma that you have dealt with in your life because it can be done. Have a great day.